and welcome to Lunar Magic Tea Time, where we discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes even a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. And this week we are going to give you a basic primer on the Wheel of the Year and the Sabbath. We witches seem to measure time a little differently. We work with phases of the moon and we work with and within the seasons. Part of a pagan path usually means reconnection of the self through awareness of the world we live in. And that means recognizing cycles of the year in our own personal life. We occupy this interesting space between the regular world and its calendar and the pagan world and its calendar. Most of the wheel of the year is based on agrarian tradition. There are multiple harvest festivals and holidays and holidays to to celebrate the movement of the sun through the sky. It is important to note that the northern and southern hemispheres are on opposite holiday schedules when it comes to the pagan calendar. So Yule for a person in the southern hemisphere is in June rather than in December. And while I will try to remember to make sure we were wording those things that way to remind you throughout this episode, I am not 100% certain that I won't be messing that up. One thing uh, during my research that I thought was really interesting is I saw someone split it into solar festivals and fire festivals. And the solar were the equinox and (laughs) and then the fire, they call them the cross-quarter days. Um, and those are the agricultural festival, uh, harvest festivals. But uh, do you ever hear that categorized that way before? I have never heard of it that way, but it makes absolutely perfect sense because the solar festivals are, there's two on the, there's one on the shortest night and one on the longest night. And then there's the days of equal length. So that makes sense that they would be solar festivals. Yeah. I just never heard I never thought of it that way. I thought that was really interesting. And some and I some traditions have those solar festivals be more considered the sort of um, minor sabbats, while the mm-hmm. fire festivals are considered the larger sabbats. Oh. Some traditions flip that to where the solar ones are the major sabbats and the others I don't prioritize sabbats yeah. that way because I frequently don't remember that I need to do Sabbath stuff because I'm just that kind of witch. Yeah, other than. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to try to be better next year. Yes, but we'll have space. We'll have a dedicated ritual space. Also so. in the midst of COVID. Yes. Well, no, no I mean, no matter what, we're going to have. That's right. We'll have safe space. So typically pagans start the wheel of the year at uh, Samhain, which is spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, pronounced the Celtic way, Samhain. Many of you will know it as All Hallows Eve (laughs) or Halloween. This year and every year is on October 31st. (laughs) Some some of them, because they're, they're based on the sun and they're based on the moon, and we have very different calendars, their dates change, but someone does not. 
October 31st. Now, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, this isn't going to be Samhain. This is going to be a start? No. Beltane. Um, anyway, this is the final harvest festival in a collection of three harvest festivals. It's usually used to honor that harvest, give thanks for that harvest, honor the ancestors and the spirits and the fae. It is absolutely not the same as Dia de la Muerte. Dia de la Muerte is a closed holiday and is only to be celebrated by people who are in that culture. But Sullen is a big ancestor festival for people in the Celtic past. Huge. Lots of stuff happening. And there's lots of great things to look up if you're out there wanting to follow a Celtic path. It's when I do I update my ancestor altar and I add anybody who has passed during the year or anybody who sometimes I take people off the ancestor altar when their work is done and I do it all at Sullen. Uh, this is when the veil between the worlds is the thinnest. <laughs> right um, else you know that oh my gosh halloween is so much fun in a haunted house so the thinness of the veil is why it's considered a really good time to do ancestor work and and worshiping spirit in that way most of our customs come from a celtic background for this particular sabbat the masks and the costumes were worn to confuse spirits who were out and about. And it was to help your family also know, oh, well, this is you. You went out in this costume. Your your spirit would have come back as just your spirit out of the costume. Yeah. Offering candy is a bribe to the spirits. So your tricks and treats and all of that is all based in pagan heritage. So you talked a little bit about your altar with your deceased ancestors' pictures and that, but then you can use what else? What be some of the common things to put on your altar? Anything fall-based. Pumpkins, root vegetables, apples, nuts, any fallen leaves would be beautiful. For me, it'd be a pumpkin spice latte, this Starbucks cup, but if we're past COVID. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. A good incense would be nutmeg and sage and mint. And actually, pro tip that I, I just learned this like two weeks ago and have been excited to share it with someone. Pumpkin seeds, papitos, mm -hmm. make, uh, you can grind them up and burn them too. And they're fantastic for oh. prosperity work. Oh, neat. So save those pumpkin seeds. Rinse them off, dry them off. Don't eat them. Use them for incense. Nice. They smell. They smell nutty. It's amazing. Hmm. Sorry, I I've been yeah. waiting to share that with somebody because I was like, I have something new. Well, that would be perfect for this. The colors, orange and black. You could do really any fall rustic colors. Uh, it's a really good time magic wise for divination. It's also a very good time for any cleansings and blessings you want to do because we're starting, uh, if you're following the calendar in a, quote, traditional pagan way, end quote, you're starting the new year. So you would do like your house clean and fresh for a new year. Mm -hmm. Kind of a spring cleaning, but for the <laughs> pagan. And, um, so is there a particular goddess or god? Makate is very good any of the liminal deities also so any deities that are your gatekeeper deities or your door deities um and i don't just mean like um hestia is the doorway goddess for the greeks um i'm talking also like gatekeepers to the other realm okay so like or the dimensions or yeah so any of the gate 
keeping, halfway keeping deities, the Morgan, probably a bunch of the triple goddesses and their collections. I seems like each one has one. Yeah. Everybody has oh, yeah. one triple goddess. Mab, that'd be a good one because it's it's moving into her season. Yeah. Well the next mm-hmm. one will be Yule, which is mm-hmm. this year will be December well I guess it's every year December twenty first or sometimes it's off a day. Um, so Yule, because it's for the winter solstice, mm, so is a pretty set date, yeah. um, but it's always going to be the shortest night of the year. And it's end of December. It's right around Christmas. Yeah. yeah, but it's typically the 21st. So at Yule, some pagan traditions celebrate the death of the Holly King and the birth of the Oak King. Um, that is a very fae-based theory. What you're celebrating is you're celebrating the handing off of winter right, to spring because now it's the very shortest night. Now the nights will be getting longer, so we're moving into the sun. Which is weird compared to a regular calendar because the 21st is the first day of winter. Yes. Even though you know, when I guess the pagans more about the shortest day now becoming bigger yeah. with the winter season, it typically starts on the twenty first. So that that was kind of different for me to kind of categorize. It's it's an interesting because you're still and you still have many months of very nasty weather. I mean, here we get our coldest nonsense in February. Yeah. Um, that's that's the tradition. Yeah. Uh, it's long been associated with divine births, uh, Mithra. Jesus. I'm not sure. I think the Buddha's birthday is actually in spring, but all of this is, this, you know, celebrated on the longest night of the year. But from here on until the summer solstice, getting longer, the sun is coming back. We're thinking in terms of divine births and the rebirth of the sun. It's a very good time for reflection, new projects, any personal rebirths or things like that you need to do. Um, Many of the modern Christmas traditions are pagan-ish. There is some debate about that, but like the Christmas tree harkens back to the Yule log, which is burned to bring light to the darkness which was also the purpose of a virgin birth, if you think about the times when those stories were important. So on your altar, what would, typically, would you place on your altar for this? Well, on my altar, I put up a whole bunch of the Holly King. Yes, you do. <laughs> my house becomes very Santa-focused. She has many, many Santas. I love that. Uh, but traditionally, you would put small candles, small trees, anything bright and light, and a, a Yule log on a smaller scale decorated that way. The colors can be red and green, or blue and silver, or colors. <laughs> yeah, the red and green is very much about the holly and the mistletoe, which are two sacred plants to the to many traditions. Incense is going to be your Christmas. Potpourri scents, cinnamon, nutmeg, some evergreen, pine. Mm, I smell it now. <laughs> All right. Then I showed the Yule log traditionally because obviously this is many hundreds of years ago. They said you could never, you couldn't buy it, that it should be gifted to you or you should go out in nature and get one. 
And then they use ashes for protection, healing, and fertilizing the field. So they would scatter the ashes over the field. So that was interesting. And you can do something similar without having to burn a Yule log in a fireplace. If you're a modern witch and you just want to, if you can get a fire safe container to burn some evergreen bits and some cinnamon and nutmegs, just do it. In a fire safe container, you can buy the little incense charcoals and just do it right there and save that ash to sprinkle, to sprinkle as your protection and your things. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't need to do a big fireplacey type ritual. You don't even need, you know, you just need a fire safe container and, you know, fire safety rules in place. And this year I want to just get the log and drill the holes for candles and then put on it. My goal. I love that. The log I, told- out. I just have to have my son-in-law. I can do it. Just get me the log. I will, I will get them. I have, I have, I think I even have the attachment. Cool. A Yule candle. These candles are meant to be burned over several days. So you're going to want um, the longer tapers oh, okay. or seven day candles. Seven days are in the glass jars. You can find yes. them in most grocery stores now. And I know the Dollar Tree has seven day candles. You're going to light that at about the same time, burn it through, say, dinner, mm-hmm. snuff it out, um, and do that over several days, whatever your several days is. So, uh, you know, also right around this time of year, we have Hanukkah and they do the eight days of lights. Their festival of lights is eight days. We have Kwanzaa, which also does a similar candle lighting thing. And I believe that's six days, but it may be more. Whatever amount of days feels right for you to do that. Yeah. And I also saw a reference that you should always blow it or put it out and not let it go out accidentally or by some other means yeah that i mean i am very careful with my candles um anyway because i'm for somebody who does as much fire magic as i do i am terrified of fire yeah (laughs) which is a good thing i've seen some of your candles burn right uh yeah uh so i have my candles set where they don't get disturbed a lot so they can't if they naturally go out i assume that there's something that need, yeah, that needs attention. Either the spell has run its course and it's done, yeah. or this spell is not to be done at this time. Yeah. So, what do you think about magic for this? Um, I you said not every not everyone's going to have really a specific magic associated. Yeah, for me, Yule is about the magic of family and the magic of community, and so. If you wanted to cast spells that strengthen that, that this would be a really great time for that. Um, a lot of traditions, I love looking for net quote magic spells end quote in folk traditions. So, like in the Victorian era, right around Christmas time is when they would play all of these games to find your husband. Who are you marrying this year? Bite this apple this way, and it will tell you who you're marrying. Cut this. That to me is all folk magic. And I am I love looking at folk magic, even if we don't think of it in, as that. So divination for uh, future partners, that kind of thing would be good. Uh, it's the a good season for uh, sigil magic too. Mm. Oh, ooh, okay. A sigil no, ornament. I was just thinking that. Get out of my head. 
Oh my gosh, Nancy, we need to make sigil ornaments. And then I was thinking, don't say it because that's going to send you down. A, yeah, this is, <laughs> oh, oh man. Okay. I don't that'll, that'll be a show in um, December. Good grief. We are going to, oh, start. Okay, so a deity uh, to honor. If you have any deities of a virgin birth, honor those now. That's a good time. The Holly King, sun deities would also be very good right now. I was going to say, it's very interesting that I also read about wreaths and trees and candles and gift giving. So sounds pretty familiar. Hmm. I wonder why that. Yeah. All right. So our next one is Imbolc. I-M-B-O-L-C. Imbolc. Usually right around February 1st. This one does kind of shift a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the big pagan festival of light like it's the big holiday of light its whole shtick is candle candle candles it's celebrated in february it is um in the northern hemisphere this is often the darkest and coldest time of the year for most people even though our days are longer the weather is much more brutal and it's just a weird month here in the pacific northwest because it could be snowing it could be raining like anything, or sometimes you have 72 days, so we never know. Yeah, it's, it's a very uh, difficult time of year. So this is when um, the earth is starting to w- really wake up, like really come out of her winter sleep. And so you're celebrating the first stirrings of the plant, and the animals are starting to birth, and so we're starting to celebrate new life and newness. It's the changing of the goddess from crone to maiden if you if that's your thing um it kind of a busting free i guess i don't know (laughs) for a sign of flowers and all sorts of like the crocus is out uh it's traditionally celebrated in conjunction uh with saint brigid's brigid's day so if you're into saints one thing i want to do this year is the lighting of candles in each room to honor the sun's rebirth i thought that was Yes. So as far as altars, what would you do on your altar? A corn dolly would be good. Uh, lots of spring flowers. Anything spring. A Bridget's cross would be great. Candles. You're going to want candles. Lots of them. The candles. A Bridget's cross. Yeah, Bridget's cross. The incense is going to be rosemary, frankincense, myrrh. The colors are going to be yellow and red. Uh, light magic is going to be what you're going to want light magic and birthing magic so if you have an idea that you want to give birth to Mm. right this would be a good time to launch that Mm -hmm. and the goddess is pretty of course it is it's us into march and ostara now here's an interesting one so ostara this one is a movable one it's typically around march 19th but it's the celebration of spring and of lambs and all of that thing. It's closely associated with Easter, but that's not actually right. There was a lot of associating Christian festivals with pagan calendars to help transition. It is where we're celebrating the cycle of death and rebirth. So we're celebrating birth at this point and we're honoring fertility and we're honoring the things that become the fuel to sustain us. So we're planting. Now's a good time to start planting. It's about full abundance and future abundance. The night and day should be about the same length. So this should also be very much about balance. Your altar, what would you do on your altar? I would do 
all sorts of pastel nonsense because I'm extra. <laughs> bring a thing of flowers and then just all kinds of pastel colors. And flowers, tons of colored eggs. There's some beautiful traditions of glowing eggs or dyeing eggs that you should really... I, I did that when I was early teens. My cousin would... Um, blow the egg and then you would paint them with marker and you would hang it from the basket. Yeah, see, and you need to do that next year. Of course, we could do it with just... The kids will be big enough too. We should be... Yeah. Maybe they'll be big enough. I say that and then I realized that... Well, big enough to... They'll be almost... Uh, yeah, yeah, true. Um, incense would be jasmine or rose or any other very florally sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So with colors, yellow and red, but also, you know, because we're celebrating sort of birth and any baby colors, any colors you use. It's a good time to do magic to renew your spiritual self and a good time to bury anything because remember it's associated with death and rebirth, mm -hmm. you know, the Christ story here really does work. He died, took a nap, came back three days later. So it's a really good time to bury something that's not serving you anymore and give birth to the new form of whatever that will serve you better. So deities. This one is a little weird because there is a deity named Estre. Uh, she's Germanic, but... She wasn't written about until the 8th century by the Venerable Bede. It, now it's thought that he gathered that information from much older pre-Christian deities who were, whose festivals were celebrated around the same time of year as, as this. Yeah. But there's lots of different schools of thoughts and opinions. And I'm actually, we're going to be doing a deity episode where we break down sort of different schools of thought on what deities may mean. Yeah. The bottom line is, if you view something as sacred and holy, it's sacred and holy. Yeah, to you. Yeah, that's... Next is Beltane. Beltane is approximately April, April 30th um, or May 1st. Think of the May, the old-timey May Day traditions with the maypole and the flower baskets on the doors. I don't, we used to do that. We used to have to do flower baskets and put them on the neighbor's doors. Mm -hmm. um, it's all about seeds and blooms. Most of the farm babies have been born by this point. Most of the planting has been done. So we're just kind of taking a minute to focus on enjoying the work that we've done and celebrating our success. And this is when communities, especially agricultural communities, would be doing their weddings uh, because it's a lull between. Before it's time to start harvesting. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite traditions is the Beltane bonfire, where, so traditionally, this is celebrated with the bonfire and lots and lots of lovemaking. <laughs> but my favorite, one of my favorite customs is to take the livestock through the smoke of the bonfire to cleanse and protect them. You can do a pet blessing by taking your incense, lilac and frankincense and other flowers if you like them, and taking that smoke and wafting it over your pet. So altar, what would you do with your altar on? Okay. Uh, corn dolly, spring flowers, lots of them a cauldron to represent the goddess. The colors should be green and whites and reds and purples and more green. Lots of I stuff. like green. Um, the magic is 
just tons and tons of blessings. You're going to do, uh, you're going to bless any new people who need blessings. You're going to bless your animals. You're going to bless your house. You're just going to bless and protect all your stuff. You can celebrate the union of the God and the goddess. If you're into that, I am not, <laughs> um, with a dance around the maypole. You could also just use it to symbolize union of your community. The deity is the Welsh goddess. Ooh, I'm not going to pronounce that right. Cridlad? Yeah, Cridlad. C-R-E-I-D-D-Y-L-A-D. I knew I was supposed to look her up. There's <laughs> a lot of the Welsh goddesses. A lot of modern paganism has been taken and borrowed from the Welsh. Yeah, that brings us to Litha. How do you pronounce this one? Litha. Litha. Sorry, no T-H. Litha. L-I-T-H-A. So it's the summer solstice. Solstice. So it's the longest day, the shortest night here. We're giving, we're returning the Holly King to power. So we're handing off summer, giving it to winter. We are welcoming a return to the dark to the night. We've sown all of our food, right? We've laid all of that foundation and now we're moving into a harvest period. So Lita is for a lot of people, the beginning of the Thanksgiving season. Stonehenge plays a big part in this holiday. They, uh, this year did a streaming version and I hope that they do it every year from here on out. Now that yeah, they can. I thought that was pretty cool. For your altar, you'll probably want greens and blues and yellows, dried herbs, potpourri, seashells, things like summer things, you know, just okay. summer things. Incense, sage, mint, basil, sunflower, tomato leaves make a lovely incense. Dry them a little bit first. I know that. I'll burn anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, colors are green, blue, and yellow. It's a great day for candle magic if you can burn the candle all day long because you have all of that extra daytime so you can give yeah. it a real big boost. You could dress your candle and use your oils and herbs and everything. Um, the one thing I saw that I hadn't heard before was the protective amulets that starting the week before, they would create one and then on this day, they would bury the old one and then start wearing the new one. I love that. Like, I love that. That's what we could do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely be doing that next year. It's a clay work. God and goddesses. I would assume the Oak King because he's surrendering to the Holly King and the Holly King was the partner for Yule. Yeah, brings All us right. to August. So that brings us to Lamas or uh, Lunasa, L-U-G-H-N-A-S-S-A-D-E. Yeah, that's the Gaelic version. Yeah, which is why I call it llamas. Yeah. Um, it's right around Oct uh, August 1st. It's the very first of the harvest festivals. Uh, it's going to be, uh, most of your grains and berries should be beginning to be ready to be harvested. This is where I absolutely, I make beer bread for almost every Sabbat. Yeah, I, the only two sabbats that I don't make beer bread for specifically are Yule, because I do other foods, and Samhain, because I do booze, because I'm, honor, I'm honoring my ancestors, and my ancestors want the booze no matter what my mother tells you <laughs> bearing in mind of course that my mother is dead and will still tell me she doesn't want the booze and then it's gone the next day and feed the birds <laughs> right 
this year you did a little different. What did you add this year? So uh, this year I added blueberries that I went and harvested with my grandson. And it was absolutely flipping amazing. And I will walk you through that recipe uh, in a minute because you're going to love this recipe. So uh, Munasak is actually the Gaelic version and Monas is Anglo-Saxon. So you see the blending much like you do in most of Britain. Um, but it's the funeral for Loth, the Celtic god of life. And he transferred his powers to the grains and sacrificed himself for the harvest. Sounds familiar. <laughs> so uh, altar offerings are going to be offerings to the Fae and the deities, corn dollies, incenses with lilac, frankincense again anything that you feel is gonna you know make you feel at home Mm -hmm. colors are gold red and orange magic is really just going to be thanksgiving magic we're not doing a lot of of deep work this year because we're gearing up to do the heavy work of harvest so we don't want to expend ourselves and the deity is Mu, the celtic god of light this into september yay mabon okay so mabon is september 22nd, 21st, sometimes, you know, towards the end of September. It's the second harvest festival and one of my favorites, in part because when Maybon hits, I know we're moving into my favorite season, which is fall, because the summer destroys me. So it's a harvest festival. I usually, I make my beer bread, we take it to the ocean, and we feed the Sometimes they help themselves. They usually help themselves. Uh, So I offer it to the Morgan and I give to the ocean all of the things that I don't want to carry into my shadow work season. So typically Maybon is, depending on the year and depending on how busy I am, my shadow work season is either Maybon to about Samhain or Samhain to about Yule. Okay. Um, and there's there's episodes coming up for Shadow Work that's going to get weird. Last year we bought that beautiful cornbread and the crows all ate it themselves. Yeah, they didn't even share. I think we both had like a bite or two and we decided to take a walk and turn around and it was like party at our blanket. <laughs> and then were, there were, uh, and it was all crows and one seagull. One seagull, yeah. That was what was weird to me because it should have been all seagull, but no, because of the Morrigan, it was all So Maybon is one of the two days when both day and night are equal in Luke. So it's good to reflect on the blessings and and balance and cultivating an attitude of gratitude. I hate that phrase. I'm sorry I said it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay, we'll just move right around to the altar. So, uh, autumn leaves, the autumn colors. We're, we're just gonna go right past red. Pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, autumn leaves, acorns, 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 acorns. Um, so I here's magical tip number two, three, whatever. Um, for this episode, collect acorns if you can. They don't need to have the cute little acorn top on them. They just it's nice if they have it, but they don't need to. Acorns are amazing for prosperity magic. And one of my favorite charms for people looking for work, take an acorn before your job interview, hold it in your hand and focus on getting that job and how great you're going to feel when you have that job and wear that acorn that you've now infused with positive energy for that specific job and that specific interview, carry that acorn to the job interview and when you're done, 
go home and plant it in a little cup of dirt. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> because, oh, sorry about that. You're now telling the universe that you've planted a mighty oak. Yeah. So colors are probably all the fall colors. Absolutely. All the fall colors. Reds, oranges, yellows, browns. Uh, it's a good time to reflect and, and look at what's happening. So this is the last festival of the pagan year. We're starting a new pagan year with our next festival. So this is a good time to look at what you've done for this year yeah. and what you want to do for the next year. Okay. This is the deity is a, is a Welsh deity made on. Imagine that. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Crazy. So. Into Kristen's favorite recipe. I am lazy and we all know this. Not lazy. <laughs> You're efficient. Okay. Let's call it that. Efficient. <laughs> efficient um, is fine. So uh, I have a beer bread recipe that I, like I said, I only, I only have two sabots that I don't use it for. And um, it is three cups of flour, one tablespoon baking powder, 12 ounces of cheap beer. It's important. I use hams because I'm in the Pacific Northwest and it is cheap beer. Hams, the beer refreshing. So you're gonna mix the flour and the baking powder and the beer. Some recipes will tell you that the beer needs to be flat. I have found that it, it's better if it's not. If it's fresh out of the fridge, you pour it into your measuring cup, you measure out those 12 ounces and then dump it right into the flour. Okay. Um, you're gonna turn that out. You're not gonna need, you're gonna mix it until it's wet, but you're not gonna need it. You're gonna turn that out into a greased loaf pan. Okay. You're going to top it with a half a cup of cut up butter or margarine. I use margarine. I'm, you're gonna bake it for 35 to 40 minutes in a 375 degree oven. And then when you take it out, you're gonna let it rest for 10 minutes in the pan so that all that melty, beautiful butter or margarine stuff reabsorbs okay. into the bread. So the reason I love this is A, it tastes good. The plain recipe tastes good. But you can dress it up. <laughs> but, uh, I have, like I said, I did the blueberries and instead of just, I just dumped the blueberries into the batter, mixed them in so they were evenly distributed, turned that out into my pan and then added brown sugar on the top with the butter. So it turned into this cake. It was cakey. It was so good. Mm. Uh, quick question since I've never <laughs> made this. Um, do you get any of the flavor from the beer or does it all? No. Good? So it's just used as the kind of the yeast or... And the fluids, yeah. Yeah. I don't get, well. I'm going to try it with so, almond flour and a gluten-free beer. So the key for me was not, so I use hams because it's less hoppy than the beer I drink. Okay. And I know that when I've done it with my good beer, my, my, my good IPAs, I taste the hops and it doesn't always go well with everything else. Whatever, yeah, whatever ingredients you added to it. The brand that I found that works the best for me is the hams. Okay. I'll um, find a equivalent for a gluten-free one. Yeah, I don't know if they, because hams is cheap, cheap beer. Yeah. 
It was the only beer they served at that one bar uh, one, that one night with Jose. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like I said, it's very adaptable. I love to do um, caramelized onions mm. for the more fall festival. I like to do cinnamon and nutmeg with brown sugar on top for Yule. Kind of tastes coffee cake-ish and delicious. Uh, for Maybon this year, I'm gonna I'm going to um, roast up a, a bunch of apples. Oh, nice! And caramelized onions and walnut. Your base is three cups of flour, one tablespoon baking powder, twelve ounces of beer, and that half stick of butter that you're putting up on on the top. And to make it uh, vegan, you use a. a vegan I use a butter, right? vegan butter. I use Earth Balance vegan butter, not sponsored, yeah. but you can sponsor uh, me. Chris and I both have unique uh, dietary because she's vegan and um, I'm allergic to gluten. So it's always like, I can take your recipe because I also can't have eggs and all, all the other good stuff. So, but then I also have to make it gluten-free. So we should do an episode about how we, about traditional pagan food. Anyway, so that's it. That's a quick rundown. That is Wheel of the Year 101. So because we're often separated from nature in our day-to-day life, I encourage listeners to look at ways that their calendar years have cycles. Back when my kids were little, September was always a time of restarting, so it was kind of like a new year for me. I'm less that way now, but for my mom, was always when she planted the first foods of her for the seasons. So for her... Uh, late February, very early March were kind of her new year. And we've done in our tiny little coven uh, an exercise where we created our own wheel of the year. And it was helpful in looking at our own personal cycle and how we personally organize the years in our lives. For me, the year starts at Samhain and begins with offerings to my ancestors. And I've always used late fall and early winter to celebrate family and prosperity and making. Deep winter is good for shadow work. And the rest of the year often feels like too much of a frenzy of just being. Yeah, I encourage you, I encourage listeners to look at possibly doing your own wheel of the year. Mark it off with the solstice and the equinox just to have your points of reference you can call them whatever you want you could start your year at your birthday yeah, yeah it's a good way of um i really want to be better than um, last year we said we were going to kind of honor each one and then you know life happened and... we were doing really well too we we did brigade's day didn't we this year didn't we do a big candle thing this year i think we did yeah and then that COVID was before happened. yeah before covid happened and everything so that's this week's episode. Um, one new thing we wanted to let you know that we're doing. It's probably going to take us a month or two to get it going, though. But um, we're going to do reaction videos. Going to be ghost hunters. The good, the bad, and the spooky. Oh, my gosh. I love... I... Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this because I don't want to... I just wanted to know what was coming down the pipeline. Yes, that's, I'm super excited for that. So... Thank you for listening to Lunar Magic Tea Time. You can find us online at lunarmagicteatime.com. You can email us at lunar at lunarmagicteatime.com. You can find us on YouTube at Lunar Magic Tea Time. 
You can listen to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and Google Play. You can join the Facebook group at Lunar Magic Tea Time on Facebook. You can buy merchandise at teespring.com. Just look up Lunar Magic Tea Time. And you can find me on Instagram. And I don't know what my name is on Instagram, but I think it's Lunar Magic Tea Time. I think it is. (laughs) Oh, you can find me on TikTok too, Lunar Magic Tea Time. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, Everybody stay safe out there and have a magical day. Bye.